Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of BNA Panorama Podcast, episode 17 now. Getting down there. And today we're going to be talking about are we stuck in a bubble? And by that, I mean the market bubble. And will it pop or will we keep floating on up? And we're going to kind of go off and read some of the indicators of a bubble and try to give some examples and some statistics of what kind of, you know, could mean for us in the future. And at the end of it, give us your opinion in the comments and see if you think we're right or maybe we're just, you know, due for more money in the future. So start off by reading the five stages of the bubble, huh? Five stages of a bubble. The first one is displacement. Displacement occurs when investors get enamored by a new paradigm. So a brand new innovative technology or interest rates that are historically low. And a great example of this right now is clean energy and electric vehicles. Yeah, they're overvalued and they don't have enough sales to back up the worth of the price. And uh, yeah, clean energy. Um, there's a iShares clean energy ETF that uh, rocketed up and now it's kind of settling at about $23, but <laughs> they are, they're a little bit overvalued and I think clean energy is the future, but I also think that right now it's over, overvalued much like the dot-com bubble when the, all those tech companies were, because you know, it was the future, people were right about that, but <laughs> it was, there's too much of a rush. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what uh, other examples you got, but that's my opinion on, I think the first stage is already, we're already through that for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, if you look at all the clean energies right now, back when Biden took presidency, there was a giant surge of every single clean energy stocks. He announced, I thought it was like a huge deal to make that the future. So everyone jumped on board and they're like, all right, I'm investing right now ton of money into clean energy, solar energy, electric vehicle companies to get on board with it right away. But there's just not enough, you know, products being made and not enough output to value or to give fair value. It's all and some of these businesses aren't, aren't ran very efficiently and they're just getting uh, loans just because they're clean energy. And we're trying people, we're trying to, uh, the government's trying to, what's the word for it? Uh, foster, these companies. So they're going to help them out, even if they're poorly ran, which is what we're seeing is the case in some of these. So I think we're going to see a rise. And just like always, when the crash happens, the super strong energy companies are going to go up and the ones that were mediocre, but ran poorly ran, I think are going to go way down. Um, so they're definitely going to wheedle out the week. Anything that wasn't top priority is going to, you know, kick the bucket. Yeah, that always happens. So I think Tesla is a good example of that too. I mean, I don't know if you think it's overvalued or not, but their clean energy with their cars and, you know, Tesla is definitely making huge strides. Yeah. I think they're one of those that, that, uh, does, they do follow the market trend and they'll go down when it crash, when no crashes, the whole market might not crash, but let's say electric vehicles do, well, they're still one of the best. And I think they're one of the best managed. So even though they'll go down, they'll still go up, but some will go out of business is my point. And I, Tesla's not one of those that's going to go out. Of, they are over. I think they're overvalued. Right? You know, they are too. Their price to earnings ratio is skyrocketed, but, um, but in their future, they actually could, they could live up to that. That's mm-hmm. what people are betting on, but I think it's yeah. going to balance out. Like it usually does. What's the second stage? The second stage is the boom. 
So the prices will rise slowly at first following the brand new innovation displacement period and then gain momentum as more and more people start to enter the market. And during this phase, the asset in question attracts widespread media coverage. So GameStop would be a great great (laughs) example of that. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that for an example. And FOMO or fear of missing out. um, It could be a once in a lifetime. Exactly. Once in a lifetime opportunity. And so everyone, speculation starts to skyrocket and people who might not even been investors before, they'll jump on and go, oh, this is my time. Time to get in and make, you know, my life savings in one week off of all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, for us, we kind of got lucky with Doge. But yeah. No, the, lo- actually, it's, um, I would mention something. I think at this stage, it's, you know, I'll be cautious, but for me anyways, it was a good time to collect my bag, but I also wasn't going to just hang in there and go, oh, well, I can make this much, this much more. It was like, I understood all right, I made my money. Let's take the <laughs> take the dubs and then let's just read and rotate and other stuff that's more sustainable. But especially, yeah, I mean, GameStop too. I know a lot of people who, you know, they came into the locker room, you know, big football guy. They came into the locker room and this one kid goes, yeah, I just made $4,000 last week from GameStop. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I got to look at this. And by the time you look at it, it's usually over because the boom is that fast. If well, this is weird because this isn't following any market principles, though. Like GameStop's not a very good business, and everybody knows that. But it was more so they were sticking it to the hedge fund people, mm-hmm. and so it's a really unique market situation. And I read an article that said back before the notorious 1929 boom, when the shoe shiner boys are talking about the market, it's a good indicator that. Uh, <laughs> there's okay. some kind of bubble of some sorts it might not be the entire market i'm not going to claim that nor am i trying to scare people actually out of pulling money out of the stock market because as we'll talk about later when the market if the market dips for me anyway this is a perfect time to Get in. really cash in like yeah. <laughs> the people that are smart will just make more money off of the dip so it's not even a, a bad thing or a reason to panic but it's just a reason to be financially smart about what you're invested in to make sure that you're not just following the hype train of well i mean and again you yeah i did follow the hype train of doge 100 yeah. mm-hmm. but i also invested in it before when it was like under a cent and now it's at like seven and a half but again i collected my bag and got out and i you know i support doge but yeah just be smart it's still you know, in that, i mean it's in that boom period right now again yeah. it just hit it again went from five cents to seven overnight. And I think crypto will, I, even in the market crashes, I think it will go down, but I think crypto will bounce back. I don't think it's going to just crash and never come back. Like the, but again, I think this is going to be another example of only the good crypto will stay or the ones with the biggest followings. So honestly, it's crazy. Bold prediction here, but I do think Doge actually has enough reputable people backing it to actually sustain a, market i mean the cute mark cuban's accepting in to uh oh by the way i own like 27 doge so i have actually nothing into doge so this isn't me trying to pump it but yeah, <laughs> not like that we make... have that power but <laughs> yeah we're gonna make everyone start yeah. pumping it so we can pull out and yeah. make our bag no i have like 300 doge so made two dollars off of this boom big yes. money big money moves here yeah so the next stage here is euphoria and during this stage, caution is entirely thrown to the wind as assets um, 
asset prices skyrocket and valuations reach extreme levels during this phase as new valuation measures and metrics are touted to justify relentless rise. And no matter how high the prices go, there will always be a market of buyers willing to pay more. And I mean, no one's going to be willing to pay Doge after it booms. A lot of people got suckered into that in the first, I mean, GameStop and Doge. It went up to $300 for GameStop, I think it was. And then Doge hit like nine cents. And at that time, people saw it going overnight, like literally five cents overnight. And you could make, if you put a thousand dollars in, okay, well, I just made, you know, $900. Like I should be doing that right now. It's going to keep going. And the matter of fact is once it's going up that high, people aren't going to be able to continue affording that. Yeah. Well, and people just sell off because, well, the next stage is actually people do start selling off their gains and then it doesn't take much, but it may be a little bit of a downward trend and other people panic and then it just creates a group sell. Well, look at COVID in last March. I mean, look at the market. Did people panicked and I mean, people were selling their retirement savings because they were and just can't believe it. But it happens every time because it's, it's an emotional thing. So, yeah, you can't get emotionally attached. Once you start doing that, you know, you're going to either you stick on to something when you shouldn't, like you need to sell it when you're up and you hold on to it and then it goes back down and you're, you know, SOL. Well, I got another example is the another bubble that actually kind of almost already a little bit like popped is the SPACs that uh, the SPACs, the special purpose acquisitions, they a lot of people were putting a lot of money in some of these companies that didn't even have a deal done at all. Or I'll even take Churchill Capital. So right now their stock price is not horrible, but it was 60 bucks before they even merged the deal. Mm-hmm. And then when all the uh, SPACs went down, it also followed. And so it's I think that's a microcosm of what some of the market sectors are going to look like. It's going to go skyrocket. And then when people, there's going to be a time when they realize the valuation does not re- meet what the company is really putting out. And then there's going to be a correction or at least I think there will. <laughs> but another thing that we were talking about too, is if you look at the S and P 500, the hundred year chart, you'll see that we are really just in like a parabolic upward stage. And I think there's a couple of things that are going on there. Number one, there's a bunch of people moving their retirements into investments as opposed to pensions. So it's all getting moved into 401ks and mutual funds. So the S&P is, of course, going to go up with that because there's a bunch of money being pumped in there. So that artificially inflates the market then. But I just, I don't know how you can keep doing that. Like eventually it has to correct a little bit. So, mm-hmm. And not to say that it'll not, like, it's going to destroy itself and crash yeah. all the way to the bottom, but there is going to have to be a correction. I mean, it can't, everything has to be balanced, really. You know, if you're going to eat the cake, you got to eat the vegetables too. And right now we're eating all the cake and sooner than later, there's probably going to be a time where whether we want to or not, the vegetables are going to be served. And just, yeah. And just like real life, vegetables are good for you. (laughs) It's a good thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There is benefit to it, even though it doesn't taste as good and it's sometimes bitter. (laughs) Yeah. Might lose a little bit of money, but in the long run, it's definitely important. Yes. Um, So yeah, I don't know if I said the next one, but profit taking. Yeah. Profit taking here. And 
this is the biggest warning sign that the bubble is about to just absolutely burst and people just start selling like crazy or it doesn't even take a bunch of people to start selling but a small amount of big investors to pull out mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily that the number drops but the message that is sent by it and i think that's kind of reverse of what happened with i'm going to use doge again because very well versed in that well but, and it's also like a f- interesting market phenomenon that's going on right now Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it jumped up overnight to, I want to say within one day or two days, it went up eight cents, then dropped all the way down that same night, five cents. Yeah. So it still held. And the reason it held is because, you know, the people that didn't sell right away at the top, they're holding on to it, hoping it goes back up, which it is right now. But those people that were like, okay, this is way overvalued. They see no, nothing from it. They just got in, take their profit and leave. And GameStop was probably a better example of that, where the people who invested in that, like a ton of money and they're smarter and they're not just the YOLO Robinhood investors who, you know, throw all their money. Yeah. Retail traders who throw all their money in, they know it's overvalued and there's absolutely nothing to be gained from it being this high up. They're going to take their money and run with it. And the people who stay behind and don't take the message. Holding bags. Yeah, it's going to correct and uh, you're going to be holding your bags and they might start slipping if you're not careful. Yeah, or you'll panic and then sell what little you have left. It's like, well, first of all, make sure you're, well, for me anyways, I'm make sure you're invested in things that will s- hopefully sustain uh, market fluctuations, which is why people say what you invest in, believe in. So whatever company you invest in, believe in that company can survive uh, uh, the market. So I know some people are buying Neo, which is another electric vehicle. <clears throat> and I understand that one a little bit more, actually, because the Chinese government is, of course, authoritarian. So they're, if they want to push electric vehicles, by God, they're going to do it if they want. So if they're going to if they're going to support a company like it doesn't matter what the market does, just China, like they can do whatever they want. So things like that aren't always I, w- I would say it's somewhat smart, but also be cautious that the companies ran right. But that's of course an international um, company, but when the U S market drops, I think everything drops. So yeah, everyone feels the pain there. Yeah. Regardless. And then the last, there's the last stage too here. It's yes. And so the last stage is panic. Yeah. And it only takes a relatively minor event to prick a bubble, but once it's pricked, the bubble cannot inflate again. And in this stage, all the asset prices reverse course and they all descend as rapidly as they ascended. And all the values are going to start plunging in their holdings. Everyone wants to liquidate at any price whatsoever that they can. And supply overwhelms demand as asset prices start to slide sharply down. And that's, that's that. That's how it happens. Mm-hmm. So for, I think, even the March market, it took the COVID, which was by no means a little prick. I mean, that was just a, all businesses shut down. Boom. So... The market will bounce back like it always does. And that's where people that when it goes down in certain sectors, there's going to be some companies then that are actually going to be undervalued, which is what commonly happens, which is a good thing for those that uh, are paying attention. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing about it is it's not a, the end is nigh. We're not that guy in the end of the, on the, you know, end of the street, a homeless guy saying the end is here. Everyone like get everything you can and hunker down. We're not trying to do that. 
but I mean, I won't speak for you. Be weary. Be weary. There's <laughs> definitely there's definitely danger to be had in the future that could possibly, if you're not smart and you're not paying attention, things can definitely start to hit the fan quick. Yeah, and, and also don't panic when the it's gonna it's gonna eventually happen. Whether it even happens this year or in the next couple of years, it's gonna there's something that's gonna happen like that. Don't panic and wait. Just mm-hmm. be patient. It's so hard though, because when you got skin in the game and it hurts. <laughs> some things you do need to I think it's also interesting because some things you do need to know when to count your losses because there are some companies where you're like, whoa, like bankrupt or just not a good business model. Like I need to get out of this and rotate into something else. So mm-hmm. and yeah, rotation is a big thing too. I mean it's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, because when the market starts to drop and if the bubble does pop, that is a good time to buy. If there's a bubble, by the way, if there is a bubble there, that, no, those, those are the five stages right there. Read read off the five stages. Like just, yeah. just for a refresher. So the five stages are displacement. So a brand new technology or something is introduced. The boom period where everything starts gaining momentum and going upwards. Euphoria is where all caution is thrown out the wind. Four is the profit taking stage where everyone's rolling in the dough and getting their money. And then the fifth one is panic where, you know, it starts to set in, man. Everything's starting can only to go get down valued now. so high before it recorrects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, you know, and that's, and that's not necessary. I and again, I've made this clear, but I don't think that that this is a reflection on the entire market. I don't think the absolute entire market's in a bubble. I do think there are some indicators though, that there are some, some, uh, some companies are overvalued right now. So I would, I mean, professional, semi-professional opinion. Um, You know, we've talked about how the future is going to be clean energies. Yeah. Like we do believe that in the future, clean energy is the way to go. And electric vehicles have shown that they are going to eventually be the way to go. But right now, those sectors, there's many companies and shit like stocks that are way overvalued what they should be. Mm -hmm. Their output and their, you know, production and everything they're doing isn't justifying how much it's actually worth. And we're going to see it. You're going to see it. Correct. It has, I mean, it's not a matter of will it or not. It's inevitable that eventually at some point it's going to correct unless they catch up in time before it starts to pop. Yeah. Which is a possibility, which is, you know, and there's some indicators, you know, Ray Dialo's um, indicator performance, for the market indicates a 77% chance of, of a bubble um, in 2021. And the, the crashes of both the dot-com and the 1929 were 100%. So, I mean, that's still, there's still some space and there's some things, like I said, it's not the entire market, mm-hmm. but there is for whatever that's worth. Neither of us are financial advisors, by the way. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, and so... I know nothing what I'm talking about. So please don't ever <laughs> spend money based on... Yeah, that's how... Yeah. I don't want to be legally responsible for your your poor decisions. But these are just like our recommendations that we've found. So we're going to have some person comment and say... Yeah. I I've lost 10, my entire I pulled, life. <laughs> I pulled all my money out and it skyrocketed in the next five weeks because you told me it was going to pop. 
Yeah, I always think it's funny when people are like, first of all, I'm not a financial advisor. Second of all, I have no idea what I'm talking about. So yeah, they, I always, people always make that clear. So because there has been lawsuits or it's just crazy that people can get sued and it's because you can be legal or legally responsible. So yeah, we are not legally responsible for any actions that take place after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I am Brian Steinhauer, I'm not yeah. a financial advisor. I will take no legal um, obligations to this for what I just said. <laughs> Please take it with a grain of salt and know that I'm not a professional. Anyways, if you do think we're in a bubble, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear everybody else's opinions and see if those stages match up or if those are some of these things aren't necessarily as surface level as as they might appear. So let us know what you think and thank you for tuning in for another episode. We'll see you again next week. Be great and be built different. <laughs>